and share, Pastor, and, and then would, all, would appreciate your prayers. Uh, some of you may know there's a uh, kind of a tropical storm coming up on the, the East Coast, and uh, some, some flights were canceled going back to Miami, and, and, and there might be a little bit of confusion with them trying to get back, uh, but they are on the plane as of right now, headed back to the States. And so you say, are you excited for that? Yes. Uh, I can't wait until Pastor comes back. Um, and, and it'll be a good moment. I'm, I'm going to run up to him and give him a great, great big hug. It'll be uh, that story. When I saw him a great way off, I, I ran and kissed him on the neck, and, and that's going to be me. Um, and no, I'm excited that they're going to be back soon, and, uh, and I'm sure you are too. Pastor will be here with us this Sunday. And, uh, but it's an absolute privilege and it's an honor to, to fill, fill the pulpit while, while he's gone. And I count it as a privilege and, and just uh, an opportunity to preach. And I, I never want to put down an opportunity to preach the Word of God. And so uh, I want to preach tonight on, are you a good soldier? Are you a good soldier? You see, the, the Bible talks about us being good soldiers. And, and within light of Veterans Day coming up on, on Friday, uh, I, I love the military. And I, I love... I love people who have served this country. I, I love our flag. I love that it stands for freedom. And I, I love America. I really, really do. And, and, you know, I love when the Bible takes soldiers and, and, and applies it to us. You see, when you got saved, you became enlisted in the army of God. So turn to 2 Timothy chapter 2. 2 Timothy chapter 2. This is Paul writing to his son in the faith, Timothy, and, and he's going to tell him some things, and, and I want to point out some things in this passage of Scripture. 2 Timothy chapter 2, starting in verse 1. 2 Timothy 2 and verse 1. This is what it says, Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the Lord. Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men, who shall be able to teach others also. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier." And if a man also strive for the masteries, yet is he not crowned except he strive lawfully. Let's pray, shall we? Lord, I pray that you would help me tonight, God, and I pray that you would uh, give me the words to say, God, and just, um, Lord, help me, to, help me to preach. God, I pray we'd all be good soldiers for you. God, I pray that there would be, uh, Lord, Christians in this room tonight that would decide to be strong. God, I pray that we do it through your grace. God, I ask this all in your precious name, Jesus' name. Amen. Now more than ever, the church needs to be strong. Now more than ever, the church needs to be strong. With everything going on in the world today, with all the sin and the wickedness and the terrible, awful situations that go on on a day-to-day -day basis, it is not time for the church to back down. No, we're far from that. No, we need to stand up and we need to be strong. The Bible says in verse 1 of 2 Timothy chapter 2, it says, Thou therefore, my son, be strong. 
instantly he says, you need to be strong. You ought to be strong, my son. You need to be strong. And we need to be a church that is strong. We cannot be a weak church. We cannot be a weak Christian. We need to be strong. And it's not of yourself. No, it's all through the grace of God. You see, in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 9, it says, And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. You see, we need to be strong, not so we can show our, so, so we're something, it's so that God can be glorified through us. We need to be strong. How do you get strong emotionally? How do you get strong physically? Well, you work out your spiritual muscles, right? You work out your physical muscles, bodybuilders. Spend hours and hours and hours working out at the gym, and the other hours are injecting steroids. <laughs> that was a bad illustration. But work, people who work strong and they work out, they work out their physical muscles, right? We need to work out our spiritual muscles. We need to be good soldiers for the Lord Jesus Christ. That is what is required of us. That is what is asked of us. When we got saved, we were enlisted in the army of God. And I didn't ask, are, are, are you a soldier? No, you are already a soldier. I'm asking tonight, are you a good soldier? Are you a good soldier? So we need to work out our spiritual muscles. How do we get spiritually strong? By enduring hardness. We need to endure hardness. Hard things will come in your life. Hard times, hard circumstances, hard, hard uh, situations will arise. And if you're not in one right now, then just wait. Because it will come. Hard times will come in your life. You will have to endure hardness. But don't worry, that's going to spiritually strengthen you. How do we become spiritually strengthened? Someone once said, it's not about how hard you can hit. It's about hard hit, how hard you can get hit and keep going. It's about how much you can take and keep moving forward. And you say, Preston, did you really just quote Rocky Balboa? Yes, I did. And so thought it was Bible. You see, we need to endure hardness. We need to endure hard times. Why? Because we will get spiritually strengthened through them. My son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. You need to be strong tonight. You need to be strong. And hard times will come. And I want to say, don't back down from those hard times. Keep going. Keep going. If you feel like something's attacking you in your life, keep going. Stay faithful. Those hard times will keep coming and keep coming. But it's only making you spiritually better and spiritually stronger. Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. So look at me in verse 1 again. Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men, who shall be able to teach others also. I love verse 3. Here's what it says. You ready? Thou therefore endure hardness. How? As a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Tonight I want to look at a couple things and what, so the Bible tells us to endure hardness. How? As a good soldier of Jesus Christ. 
You see, you are already a soldier. If you've been bought, bought by the blood of Jesus Christ tonight, then you have been listed in the Lord's army. And you are a soldier of Lord Jesus Christ. But I'm not asking you tonight whether or not you're a soldier. I'm asking whether or not you're a good soldier. Whether or not you are a good soldier. So I began to think on a couple things. What makes a soldier a good soldier? What makes a soldier a good soldier? First of all, a good soldier is faithful to his position and duty. A good soldier is faithful to his position and duty. Look at verse 4. It says, No man that warreth entangle himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please who hath chosen him to be a soldier. He wants to please the one who has chosen him as a soldier. Look at verse 2. And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. We need to reach the next generation. We need to be faithful so that we can pass along what we know about the Lord and the Bible to the next generation. But we need to be faithful. And a good soldier is faithful to his position and duty. I said this before, but the Marines, I love the Marines. They're saying in the Marines is Semper Fi. Semper Fi means always faithful. It means be where you're supposed to be and on time. Be where you are supposed to be and on time. And they say faithfulness is measured in decades. Which, by the way, we have a faithful God. Go ahead and look in your Bible from Genesis to Revelation. And faithfulness is measured in decades. Go ahead and read back to the first account in Genesis all the way to the end of Revelation. And you will find a faithful God. You will find a faithful, loving God. God is faithful. But oh, how we need to be faithful to a faithful God. We need faithful men. We need faithful women in Anchor Baptist Church. A, a good soldier shows up when, he was, when he's supposed to. A good soldier shows up to his duty, to his position, to his place when he's supposed to. And if he didn't, then he'd be in big trouble. If you were in the Marines and you got up and they said, you need to be here at this time exactly. And if you were just five minutes late, that's most likely 50 push-ups. And you, and you keep going on. And if you're late, then you get in big trouble. If you're not faithful to your, your spot, then, then it's bad news for you. But aren't you glad that, that God doesn't treat us like that? You see, aren't you so glad that you don't, when you don't show up with your daily walk with God... He doesn't say, give me 20. Aren't you glad when, when we don't show up to church when we're supposed to, God doesn't go, disqualified. Aren't you glad? You see, God forgives us over and over and over again. He's, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. And no, instead he says, no, I love you, my child, and I want to have a relationship with you. I want to have a relationship with you, and we need faithful people. By the way, faithfulness is not just to a church. Faithfulness is to a God. Faithfulness, faithfulness is not to a church. No, it is, is not to a, a building, not at all. Faithfulness is to a God. But if you're faithful to God, then you'll be faithful to the church. Because the Bible says not forsaking the, the assembling of ourselves together as 
the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. That's what it says in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 25. He says, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. So you know what that tells me? Every time the church doors are open, I want to be there. We need to capitalize on the fact that we get to come to church and be surrounded with our Christian brother and sisters. And oh, how we need to be faithful. A good soldier is faithful. A good soldier is faithful. Uh, secondly, uh, a good soldier wears his armor. A good soldier wears his armor. Turn to Ephesians chapter 5. I'm sorry, chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. You see, a good soldier wears his armor and all of it. A good soldier wears his armor. Ephesians chapter five, uh, 6 and verse 10. Look what it says again. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10. Finally, my brethren, what's next? Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand... Uh, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, and against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. You see, a soldier, when he goes out to go to battle, if he forgot some of his equipment, he's going to be dead pretty quick. He's not good. It's going to be bad news for that soldier. When a soldier goes out into battle, he puts on all of his gear. He puts on his boots, and he puts on his guards, and he puts on his breastplate, and he puts on his helmet. Because without it, he will be ineffective in battle. He'll be ineffective in battle. But oftentimes, the piece of armor that that most people miss is the helmet of salvation. You see, it all starts at salvation. And if you don't have your helmet of salvation on, then you're not enlisted in the army. You see, we must not pass the fact that we need salvation in order to be a part of this army. And you know what? I, I, used, to, I used to do mixed martial arts and, and uh, six consecutive years I would do martial arts. And and I, I, my, my instructor was uh, a third-degree black belt and three different uh, martial arts and, and a corrections officer. Uh, so I took six years of self-defense. And the number one thing that, that he would tell me is he says, put your hands up and protect your home. Otherwise, your, fit, your head is your home. Okay? And he said, you got you to you protect that face. You got you to protect it. Otherwise, you'll end up with a nose like me. And, and he would say that often. And he had a, a very large nose. And... And say, so you got to protect your home. you gotta, you got to protect this thing. And the Bible says you need to put on the helmet 
of salvation. You need to put the helmet on, uh, on of salvation. And if you're here tonight and, and, and maybe, maybe you've been putting off getting saved, maybe, maybe you've heard the gospel preached over and over and over again, but you've never put on your helmet of salvation, you never received the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, I'm telling you tonight, you need to put on your helmet, otherwise you won't be effective in the battle. You won't be effective in the battle. You're no better than a dead man. You, you, are, you are dead in your sins. You need to put on the helmet of salvation. It's where it all starts. So if you never put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, then you need to do that tonight. And I know I'm preaching to the church, but I've known many people in Bible college who have attended maybe three to four years not saved. And you could be a member of this church. You could, you could do a lot of good works, but that's not what gets you to heaven. No, not even close. It's all by the grace of our Lord Jesus in Christ. It's all by the grace of God. It's not by my works. It's not by whether my good outweighs my bad. No, it's simply the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. And all you have to do is receive him. All you have to do is receive him. You see, if I, if I were to pay for you at, at, a, at a checkout line, and you were in the line, and you had a, you had a big loaf, and, and, and there is no way. I mean, you had 50 boxes of, of Fruity Pebbles, that conveyor belt, and I love Fruity Pebbles. And, and I said, I, I want to pay for you. I want to pay for you. You have an option. You have two options. You can either accept or reject my gift. You can either accept or reject my gift. And, and everyone, everyone on this earth is, giving, is given two options. To accept the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior or to reject him. It's the only two options. And if you are in between, in the middle, I don't know if I want to accept him or reject him, then you automatically stay on the rejection side. You are condemned already. And if you never put on your helmet of salvation, then you'll, you'll go into the battle as a dead man. You will not be effective in, in the Lord's work because you never put on the helmet of salvation. You cannot skip the helmet of salvation. But not only that, Christian, do you have your shield of faith? Where is your faith? Where is your faith tonight? Where's your faith in, 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 in that God can do something big and mighty with this church? Where's your faith? Do you have your shield of faith? Do you have your feet shot about with the gospel of peace? Do you walk with peace in your life? Do you walk with, with the peace to you, with the peace of God? Do you have your breastplate of righteousness on? The breastplate, by the way, is one of the largest items. And, and that to me speaks boldness. And what the Bible says about boldness, it says the righteous are as bold as a lion. The righteous are as bold as a lion. Are you bold? Are you righteous tonight? Are your loins girt about with truth? Are you wearing truth around you? Do you speak truth? Put it all on. If you do not wear your armor, armor you will not be strong in the Lord. The Bible says in verse 10 in that same chapter, Finally, my brethren... Be strong in the Lord and in the power of might, of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. You see, you need God's grace and you need God's power and strength in your life because there's a battle going on and it's called spiritual warfare. There's a battle between your flesh and your spirit. 
There's a battle between the lost and the saved. There's a battle between, between God and the devil. And it's constantly, constantly going on in this present world right now. And we are in the Lord's army. And we ought to be, the Bible says, Thou therefore endure hardness as what? A good soldier of the Lord Jesus Christ. Not just a soldier, a good one. A good soldier. So not only is a, a soldier faithful to his position, but, if, but he is also he is also putting on all of his armor. Because without all of the armor, then he's a dead man. He's a dead man. But not only that, thirdly, I want you to notice that a good soldier knows his weapon. A good soldier knows his weapon. Look at verse 17 of Ephesians chapter 6. Verse 17 of Ephesians chapter 6. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Turn back to 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 2. Second Timothy chapter 2 and verse 15. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. You know, it's quite interesting. I, I, I don't know about other military branches. I know a lot about the Marines because I love the Marines and I study out the Marines. I, lo- I like studying what they do and what they, they, they have to, to be. The Marines... They give you a weapon. They assign you a weapon, and you have to learn that weapon. You have to be able to disassemble it, take it all apart, clean it out. In fact, you actually have to memorize the very serial number of your weapon. You have to know and memorize the very serial number of your weapon. And you will take that weapon, and you take care of that weapon, and nobody else touches that weapon except for you. It is your weapon, and you have to wield it. You have to know it. You have to know the ins and outs of it. You have to be able to break it down. You have to be able to break it down and put it all back together together again. And you have to know that weapon. The military wants you to know that weapon. That's what a good soldier does. And look at 2 Timothy 2, and verse 15. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, Rightly dividing the word of truth. You need to rightly divide the word of truth. You need to know how to use the word of God. You have to know your weapon. I thought it was so interesting that the Marines memorized the very serial number of the gun. And how many times do we not memorize our word? How many times do we not memorize the scriptures? We need to memorize scripture. I'm not going to preach 10 points again, but I could give you 10 points on why we should memorize Scripture. But know that it is important to memorize Scripture. Why? Because we are in a battle. We are in a battle. And if you don't know your weapon, you will be ineffective in the battlefield. And you will die. You will be ineffective in the battlefield. A good soldier knows his weapon. We need to know our weapon, which is the word of God, the sword of the Lord. A good soldier knows how to get his his hands and knees dirty. A good soldier knows how to get 
get his knees dirty. What do I mean by that? Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6. Philippians 4 and verse 6. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. You see, oftentimes in boot camp, in, 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 in their training process, they're on their hands and knees getting to places. On the battlefield, maybe there's a wounded soldier. They're on their knees helping them out. Uh, and, and, and in training, the, every day, they're, they're pushing them through tough times. Hardness. They're pushing them through hardness, and they're getting on their knees to get through these challenges. Oh, how the Christian needs to get on their knees and pray to God and say, God, this is what's going on in my life. The Bible says by uh, by prayer, let your request be made known to God. Everything, by everything by prayer, let your request be made known unto God. And you see, there's a lot of hardness in our life. There's a lot of difficult times in our life. But oh, how we need to get on our knees. We need to know how to get our knees dirty as a good soldier. As a good soldier of the Lord Jesus Christ, we need to get on our knees and beg God. Where's the people that will beg God for his power? You see, they're not called prayer warriors for no reason. Prayer soldiers. We need to be prayer soldiers. We need to come to God with our requests. And, and, to, and to beg him and beg him for his presence and his power in our lives. Once again, the Bible says, be careful for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. Be worried for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be known unto God how much time soldier are you spending on your knees how much time are you spending on your knees and what I mean by that is how much time are you spending in prayer they say that the the average Christian prays about five minutes a week five minutes not a day, not even, not even within the hour, not half a day, no, five minutes a week. And you say, well, I'm enduring hardness right now. Then get on your knees. By everything, in everything, by prayer and supplications, be, be careful for nothing, but by everything, by prayer and supplication, let your request be made known unto God. A good soldier knows how to get his knees dirty. Not only that, but I love this. Turn to Galatians chapter 6. Galatians chapter 6. Ready for this? A good soldier never leaves a brother behind. A good soldier never leaves his brother behind. Behind. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 1. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one. In the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Bear ye one another's burdens, 
and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if a man think himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceiveth himself. But let every man prove his own work, and then shall he have rejoicing in himself alone and, and not in any other. For every man shall bear his own burden. You see, there's a lot of burdens that we bear. There's a lot of burdens in our hearts tonight. There's a quote that says, be nice to everyone because everyone's going through something. Be nice to everyone because everyone's going through something. And a good soldier out on the field will see his brother lying there on the ground injured and say, I'm not leaving him behind. I'm getting him back to safety. A good soldier does that. And we need to be good soldiers of Lord Jesus Christ. And the Bible says, bear ye one another's burdens. Bear ye one another's burdens. And then it says also, brethren, if any man be overtaken in a fault... If any man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual. Good soldiers are spiritual. Good soldiers of Jesus Christ are spiritual. Restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself. And how many times, how many times has someone in, in the church fall? Or someone we know fell away from the faith? Or fell away from church? Or fell away from, from their standards? And what do we do? We kick them while we're down. Kick them while they're down. And we so often, Christians, Christians, soldiers of the Lord Jesus Christ, look at their brother injured on the floor and say, well, I better finish him now. You see, a good soldier never leaves his brother behind. The Bible says, if any man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one. Bring them back with the spirit of meekness. We are not here to condemn a sinner. You see, we're all imperfect. We all struggle. Don't give up on that person. If there's someone in your life who fell away from the faith, they may reject your help. They may reject what, what you have to say about the Lord in, your, in their lives. And they might not want any part of it. Just don't give up. Just don't give up. It's worth it. You don't want to be known as a person who never tried. I said it tonight to, to a friend of mine. I said, you miss 100% of the shots that you don't take. And, and it would be so sad if a brother was overtaken in a fall and fell into sin or fell out of church or fell away from the faith and we never tried to restore him. We never tried to bear his burden. I want to read you a story of a man named Desmond Doss. Desmond Doss grew up in Lynchburg, Virginia, and was a Seventh-day Adventist, which meant he was a pacifist. He did not believe in violence and chose not to bear arms. His beliefs and his job as a defense and industry worker provided him draft exemption during the war but he dismissed that chance to defer. Doss wanted to serve his country, and so he enlisted in the Army Medical Corps in a non-combatant. So here, Desmond Doss joins the Army, and he wants to be part of the medical team. He says, I don't want to shoot anybody. I just want to help. I just want to help. 
But because of this, this uh, conviction that he had, including his refusal to handle duties on Saturday, which is, would be the Sabbath, boot camp was not easy for him. He was threatened and harassed, and many of the other recruits threw shoes at him while he prayed. And they tried to have him transferred out of their unit, but they were unsuccessful. Doss proved them all wrong during his service with the 307th Infantry, the 77th Infantry Division. In late April 1945, 26-year-old Doss and his battalion were called upon to help in the fear uh, uh, fight near uh, Urasa Mura, uh, Okinawa, in a campaign that would be one of the last and biggest in the Pacific. Using cargo nets, Doss Battalion was tasked with climbing a treacherous 400-foot-high jagged cliff nicknamed Hacksaw Ridge. They would climb up these 400-foot-tall uh, dangerous rockside cliff, very sheer cliff, and it was nicknamed Hacksaw Ridge. About a week into the fight, Doss was the only medic available to advance with the rest of the men who were, who were close to taking the ridge from the enemy. It was his Sabbath. But Doss joined his men anyway, and just as the Japanese concentrated massive artillery and, uh, and other heavy firearm on them. The assault left many dead and injured soldiers in its wake. The remaining Americans were driven back down the, uh, the cliff except for Doss. He was the only one to remain with the, with the wounded. Over the span of several hours, Doss treated the injured one by one, dragged them to the edge of the cliff, and lowered them to safety in a rope sling. After each successful, successful delivery, he reportedly said, Dear God, let me just get one more man. By nightfall, he had rescued 75 soldiers. By nightfall. The only medic at Hacksaw Ridge. Successfully lowered down, one by one, 75 soldiers by his hand. And every single time, he said, Dear God, let me just get one more man. His heroicness did not end there. Days later, as the Americans continued their slow advance, Doss was seriously wounded in the leg by a grenade. And instead of calling another medic for help, he treated himself and waited five hours to be rescued. And he was being carried back to an aid station, and his unit was attacked again. Doss insisted that another badly injured soldier take his spot on the stretcher. As he continued to trek on foot, Doss was hit by a sniper rifle, shattering his arm. He managed to make a splint out of a rifle stock, and he eventually made it to the aid station for treatment. There was confusion whether or not Doss' whereabouts, and though he was reported dead, the news eventually made it back to his hometown, Lynchburg, Virginia, where he made the front page Doss cleared up the confusion by writing a letter proving the fact that he was in fact alive. In October 1945, Doss was brought back to the States and had the bullet removed from his shattered arm. After the surgery, he was taken straight to the Washington, D.C., where the President Harry Truman placed the Medal of Honor around his neck. During his military career, Doss also received the Purple Heart, 
and a bronze star, all without harming, all without harming another human being. As for the men who had shamed him during boot camp, they had nothing but praise for him after the war. One said he was one of the bravest persons alive. And then to have him end up saving my life was the irony of the whole thing, said Captain Jack Glover in a documentary about the, Doss, the life of Doss. Glover had wanted Doss out of the unit when he had first joined. Doss died in 2006 at the age of 87, and he was always proud of his service, saying that being a medic was the most rewarding work there is. You know, I read this story, and I'm so convicted by the fact that a, a medic on a field with soldiers, he, he gets up there and he says, I don't want to harm anyone. No, I just want to, I I just want to bring him back to safety. I, I want to bring him back. And, I, I want, and that night, he saved over 75 men by lowering them down with his arms, down a 400-foot cliff. Could you imagine how exhausting that would be? You're lowering down a 180-pound, 200-pound man down a cliff of 400 feet. He did that 75 times, all without injuring another human. All without injuring another human. And how often, Christian, we have the job of being a spiritual medic. We have the job, we have the same job that, that Desmond Doss has. The most rewarding work there is. And you say, well, Preston, they, the people that I have in mind right now, they've mocked me. They made fun of me. They, they don't accept it. They don't, they, they don't like it. That's hardness. Endure hardness. As a good soldier of Jesus Christ, yeah, but they don't have the same standards as me. Imagine if Jesus Christ said that. Imagine if Jesus Christ came to earth and said, well, they don't have the same standards as me. So I'm not going to befriend them. I, I'm not going to make disciples. The disciples were far from the standards of Jesus Christ. They were imperfect, just like you and I. And we have a job tonight of being a spiritual medic in this Christian battle. The Bible says, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one. Yet how often do we see our Christian brother and sister, and because they've lowered their standard, or because they've, they've fallen away from the faith, and because they're doubting, it's like, well, time to stop them out. Time to get them while they're down. You don't deserve, and I'm going to, the church will. Ye which are spiritual, restore such a one. We ought to be good soldiers of the Lord Jesus Christ. And a good soldier never leaves his brother behind. A good soldier will never leave his brother behind. You say, well, I can't forgive them. Be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Didn't God forgive you? Didn't God forgive you? Lastly tonight, a good soldier lays down his life. A good soldier lays down his life. John 15, 13, my favorite... Bible verse in all, in all scripture says, Greater love 
hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. When I see that verse, not only does it make me think of the Lord Jesus Christ, but it also makes me think of our precious veterans who decided that one day they were going to serve their, their, their country with their whole life. And I appreciate you. And I love you. The Bible says in Romans chapter 12 and verse 1, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You see, what am I saying? I'm saying, what did America do to earn your love and respect? Well, you say they fought for freedom. Amen, they did. But there's a God in heaven who also fought for freedom and won. There is a God who fought for freedom and he won. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, why don't we turn there? 1 Corinthians chapter 15. You see, America fights for freedom. And we love America for that reason. We give America so much credit and we give America so much love and respect and, and honor because America fights for freedom. But there's a God. There's a God in heaven who also fought for freedom, for spiritual freedom. And he won. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 55. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 50 says, it says, O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of the sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. So I'm here tonight saying, if you have tried to be a good soldier of Jesus Christ, if you're putting your effort in to be a good soldier of the Lord Jesus Christ, know that it's not in vain. Because we have a God who is victorious. You see, you're already on the winning side. If you are on the Lord's side, you win. You win. But God needs good soldiers. God needs good soldiers. You see, I love America. I love America. But God forbid, and, and understand what I'm saying tonight. I, I, am, I am, all of you know how much I love and respect our veterans. But God forbid that we be more willing to lay down our life for a country that does not love back. God forbid we be more willing to lay down our life for a country than a loving God. Oh yes, I'll stand for freedom. I will stand with that flag every day. But God forbid that becomes our God. God forbid that becomes our God. And we be more willing to live and to die for ground, a country. And I know that this country is a people group. And believe me, I'm not calling America just, just soil. I know what America is. America is a people. And I love the people of America. 
But God forbid that we be more willing to lay down our life for a flag rather than a God who loves us. We need to be a good soldier of the Lord Jesus Christ. What makes a good soldier in the Marines? What makes a good soldier in the Army? Well, a, a good soldier that lays down his life and says, I will serve. I will commit my life, and if I die in the Army, so be it. I lay down my life. And yet, when it comes to God, how often do we not even submit to him the smallest of things? God says, I have bought you with my blood. You see, the cross costed Jesus everything, and receiving Christ cost you nothing. But following Christ will cost you everything. Following and taking up your cross will cost you everything. Have you given everything to the Lord? Have you given everything to the Lord? You want to be a good soldier? Be willing to lay down your life for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I'll say this, America didn't die for you. God did. Don't forget what you see on that dollar bill. In God we trust. In God we trust. And hey, it's okay to have love and a passion for this country, but be careful that we make that our God. Have you ever told God that your life is, that your life is his? That have you submitted? You see, what they do before the army is they swear, they swear into the army. Have you done that for God? Have you done that for the Lord Jesus Christ? Are you a good soldier? There's a song we used to sing in college a lot. Some of you may know it's a hymn. It says, my life is, Lord, is, is yours to control. The lyrics say this, with my whole heart, I humbly seek you. Now use my life, O Lord, I pray. I yield my stubborn will completely. May your commandments light my way. My life, Lord, is yours to control. I give you my heart and my soul. I'll seek your will, never mine. Rich treasure to find. Give wisdom to choices I make along every path that I take. And when I complete life's race, well done, you will say. Your word has promised me the victory. And all I need to do is claim. Your strength to soar with wings as eagles to walk, to run, and not to faint. My life, Lord, is yours to control. I give you my heart and my soul. I'll seek your will, never mine. Rich treasure to find. Give wisdom to choices I make and along every path that I take. And when I complete life's race, well done, you will say. A good soldier here is well done. A good soldier here is well done. So in conclusion, is your life God's to control? Have you given your all to the Lord? Are you a good soldier? We need to be faithful. We need to know our weapon. We need to get our hands and knees dirty. We need to pray. We need to wear our armor. And we need to never, ever leave a brother behind. And oh, how we need to lay down our lives and be a living sacrifice to God. 
Why? He deserves it. It's your reasonable service. We need to give over God our everything. Let's pray. Lord, God, I thank you. God, I... Th